0: Alright, let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on everybody? It's your boy A Double and you're now tuned into to episode 192 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Much love and respect to everybody out there who listened to episode 191. Uh, I dropped a couple episodes back to back so y'all can enjoy on this fine Monday morning. Uh, get your work week started off on the right track um and i apologize for only dropping one episode in october but it's just been a lot going on so happy november to the family um that's why that 191 kind of sounded kind of dated um i had that recorded um, what was that last week i had it recorded so you guys are hearing this on monday so i had it uh recorded two weeks ago but what happened was uh, a couple things happened while i was uh going through the process of recording this so uh recording 191 not this episode right here uh first off i had to take off work because my daughter she got fucking hand foot and mouth disease from the daycare so she had like all these blisters on her hands and her feet but she had a couple on her feet and all around her mouth and uh she had a terrible cough and a fever so we had to go through and get her take her to the doctor and then they had to run another COVID test because they's like, well, it shouldn't come with a cough if she has hand, foot, and mouth disease. It's usually just a fever and the blisters, and the blisters go away within a couple of days, which they did. But the cough stayed, and luckily, uh, my baby was, um, you know, COVID free. But she, I, I swear, this little girl, she didn't had probably about seven COVID tests since she's been born uh, back in 2020, and uh, those they none of them are fun. For none at all, you know, no swab and everything So, um, you know, so she came up out of that But what fucked us up was uh, Rest in peace to our dog Boo So Boo passed away And uh, our dog Boo was uh, She was going to be 16 in February Um, So she was 15 She lived a very long life Our little pudgy uh, puggle You know, that's a pug and a beagle We've had her, my wife had her for 10 years when she got her she was already five years old and she got boo before we met uh before we were dating and uh yeah so boo been a part of the family you know on both sides my side and hers and you know boo even made it into our uh our wedding uh portrait that uh we had uh painted and stuff it's me and a tux and my wedding tux and then my wife and her wedding dress and then in my jays and then in between us is uh is boo right there you know little boo that was uh you know that was that was our girl right there that was uh nene's grand sister and uh nina calls every single dog boo she don't say dog it's if a dog is coming towards her she's like boo like every single dog is a boo so Uh, She's keeping her name alive. And uh, what was heartbreaking was, you know, I I was fixing breakfast for Nina and uh, Boo sleeps downstairs in this big pop up kennel that she has with her two favorite blankets. And so I come downstairs and she still looks like she's asleep. Eyes closed, nuzzled up into her her favorite little Iowa State blanket, uh, because that's where my my lady and her brother uh, graduated, my brother in law graduated from. And so she has this blanket that used to be my brother-in-law's dog's uh, blanket, but he passed. And so, um, and so she, you know, nose cuddled up in there. And so I always go downstairs and a lot of times she's dead asleep and I'll unzip her kennel and flip the door open, unzip the door and flip it up. Cause like, it's a pop up one. She's just a puggle, you know, little 22 pound dog. And so, um, you know, so flip that open and then I always change out the water reserve in our dehumidifier. So we have a dehumidifier in the basement and I tell every homeowner y'all need to have one either a system set up like one of those big ones or just get you one of them plug-in ones that's uh what is it? It's about five gallon tank. It's about a five gallon tank. And it keeps your basement from smelling like a basement. Because our basement, uh, we have a finished side, which is like our lower level. So it's finished. That's where Boo sleeps at. And we have, you know, my office is on the other side of that. And all my sneaker, my sneaker wall is right there. And, um, you know, we have the printer down here. And the, the video game systems is down here and shit like that. And then on the other side is the unfinished side of the basement which uh, has the washer and dryer, has a shower, uh, a toilet's down here, and then we have another room where the furnace is at and stuff like that. But always um, always keep, uh, keep the dehumidifier running so the basement won't smell like a basement. And so, you know, it won't be moist and, you know, just stanking down here. So I always come down here in the morning switch that out because the tank, once it gets full, it stops, it stops humming the um, dehumidifier. So I always dump that water out in the little sink that we got down here. And then when I slide the empty tank back into the dehumidifier, it kicks on and that humming wakes Boo up and she comes over to greet me when I'm over by the washer and dryer because that's where the dehumidifier at. So she didn't wake up to greet me. And I'm like, damn, she really deep sleep. Like she really knocked out in the game. And so I go over and I'm like, get up, boo. Get up, boo. <clears throat> she won't wake up. And so I pick her up and she's just stiff as a board, stuck in that same position. Like soon as I slid my hands up under her belly, like I'm like, damn, she gone cause she's not warm anymore. So she went in her sleep, you know, um, overnight. And uh the night before, so the night before, well that night the night before she passed she um she was acting a little strange but you know we ate some salmon and um she got some too and you know i put it in her dish and she ate that but she always cleans up after nene you know nene being her high chair eating she's only a year and a half so you know she's still you know she ain't that good with the spoon and the fork yet you know, with her little spoon and fork, so food goes flying everywhere, and so you know, there's just chunks of salmon in the dining room floor, and usually when I bring Boo in, because we have her outside when she when we're eating, because she would just be begging and everything like that so when I bring her back in uh, she always goes in and cleans up, you know, under Nini, and you know, whatever she don't eat, I sweep up, and then I get the little Swiffer out, and you know I sweep up, you know, and I mop up you know, faux mopping. that's what I call them Swiffers, but, uh, and I mop up whatever she has me or the wife does that and so this time when i bring her in the house she just goes right past these chunks of uh salmon and i'm like yo boo i'm like nigga this your favorite meal like girl what you doing like this is like come on Boo, change like that's your favorite you know fish she loves salmon like all dogs do right and so she just glances over it and she goes lays in her bed and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Like, her health been going downhill since my wife got pregnant. It's like she knew, like, okay, like, I'm about to, you know, get on up out of here. But we thought we had a few more years and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, and so when I put her in her kennel for bedtime, you know, it was all the same. She went down the stairs just fine, uh, the basement stairs just fine. And, you know, she was wagging her tail and she, you know, went on in and went to sleep and, Yeah, just went to, you know, didn't wake back up. So, I mean, that's the way to go, though, is to go peacefully, you know. So, rest in peace to boo. So, I've been dealing with a sick daughter and and our dog dying. And so, it was heartbreaking. You know, I did have to shed some thug tears, you know what I'm saying, because she was a big part of this family. And, uh, you know, now every time I come upstairs from doing laundry or running down here to grab something out the basement real quick and I come upstairs, my daughter is always like, boo, Boo, you know, she's start asking for boo and you know we'll randomly be outside and she'll just be looking around for boo and stuff like that. Cause usually when we play outside, we'll have boo out there with us, and you know, boo will be trotting along and stuff with us, beside us or behind us and stuff like that. So, so it's still just kind of heartbreaking, you know, but it is what it is. Um and then I've been off um all last week, um, which was nice it was nice cuz i got to you know hang out with my daughter and you know just uh grieve a little bit for boo you, you don't you don't like i've been through this before with dogs before like with my brother's dog max we had him he was a rottweiler he was 10 about to be 11 and you know he had to be put down and stuff like that like you think you can deal with it like if nina wasn't here like we didn't have nina uh we have Nene, I think I could deal with it better, but it's just her asking about the dog and stuff like that and her not knowing what's going on that really just kind of takes its toll on me. But you know, it's all good. But I but it was nice to just have a week off from work. I was getting burnt the fuck out and um you know we had so many people quit. And, uh, we still ain't, we ain't got nobody that could pass the goddamn background check to, to drive. Cause they're real strict about, you know, driving jobs. You just have a, you just have to have a clean record, you know what I'm saying? And no, um a clean driving record that's the main thing they can get over like you know shit if you've been in jail um if you've had like uh you know dvs uh theft shit like that they can look past that but it's just a clean driving record and you know i guess motherfuckers be lying about shit and then on top of that you got to be able to pass that physical, too, so you can get your DOT, you know, medical card to, that says that you're physically fit, you know, to drive a commercial vehicle. And so that's all about your blood pressure, eyesight, you know what I'm saying, hearing and shit like that. And your uh, they check your urine, too. They don't uh, on the first one. They check your drug. They check for drugs and shit like that. Then they check for protein and all other shit. You know, make sure ain't no you ain't got no liver disease or kidney disease and shit like that. But, uh, yeah, people can't pass them goddamn physicals either. So, I don't know. It just sucks because now we had, we had, we be having so much you know extra shit on top of our own routes that we're running so it's just you just feel like you just getting ran into the ground and i I was only supposed to take a weekend off you know while my wife she's uh doing like a girl's wine trip and shit like that so i was only gonna take the weekend off i was like fuck that i'm gonna take the whole week off leading up to that weekend because a nigga is burnt out you know what i'm saying so it is what it is but let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam screen i'm sorry for ranting about that but i do miss my dog um let's see what's going on um let me pull my notes up here i just upgraded to that ios 15 and they uh this ain't on the summer jam screen but i'm gonna just say this real quick and i know a lot of people were like man i ain't about to do that because i know there was something about like if you send like nudes or something in iMessage or something in the ios is the operating system you know for the apple products like the macbooks and the um and the um the iphones and shit like that but if you send nudes and uh mess i messages it asks you if you're sure or whatever and shit like that and then uh if they find, like, you know, child pornography images or something like that, they'll, um, you know, forward it to the feds and shit like that. But I'm like, these goddamn service providers and these uh, manufacturers been doing that, you know, since phones had access to the Internet, since they put a camera on that bitch. So it is what it is. But they have a great... um update called focus and so basically it's like the do not disturb mode so you got different you only had two modes before you had that driving one and then the sleep mode remember and uh this one you also have a work one and then you have a personal one so like it like right now i'm working on the podcast you know as y'all hearing this you're hearing it on a monday but i'm recording it you know what i'm saying on a saturday night but um you know so you turn that on and basically it asks you uh, when you very first do it like who do you allow calls and messages from and i just put no one and then it'll turn off all of your alerts and shit like that and then it'll actually turn off the badges so you know the little icons it'll have like the red one two or whatever how many notifications you have inside of an app it'll turn all those off and it'll leave your screen it'll dim your screen and shit like that so it's, it's pretty dope so you can set it up in a way where only certain people can message you, and then if somebody else has an iPhone and they're sending you like iMessages and shit, um, it'll tell that person that hey, um, you know, um, doubles phone is in uh, is in focus mode or do not disturb or some shit like that. And then also, um, what it does now is if you click on um, if you go into iMessages, you can turn on specific read receipts. So like everybody at my job has an iPhone, like a company issued iPhone, except for us drivers, which is some bullshit. Um, So like all the merchandisers and the sales managers and shit like that, they all use iPhones. So um, I used to just leave my read receipts on all the time. So because I didn't give a fuck if you saw that I read it and I don't respond to it like especially if it's my day off and then people would be like double texting and shit like that and i let them know hey i read that too but you're not getting a response until i actually am on the clock and i'm on duty time i'm with my own duty time but uh so this is great because i can turn that off for them and then you know turn it on for other folks and shit like that so it can be like hey just now seeing this blah 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 but i haven't played around with all the ios 15 features but anyways um i listened to yay on drink champs um i listened to it um about halfway through it's about two and a half hours or some shit like that um i um you know shout out to nori and uh dj what is it effing whatever um uh, shout out to both of them on that Drink Champs podcast because uh, that's a good look for them to get such a, a high profile artist who's relevant right now to for them to get that and uh, to let him just talk, just talk like it's not him um, like battling Charlemagne, you know what I'm saying, or arguing with uh, Sway, you know what I'm saying, it's just him talking it sounds like he's just talking with the homies and shit like that and uh you know it's a lot of a lot of uh fake genius babble that he has on and i wish that uh and it'll probably come with time with nori and uh, uh the dj um i don't know what i'm trying to say uh how they should like push back on some stuff and uh circle back to their original questions i wish they would do that instead of being drawn into the tangent that these artists go into um but he, w- he was talking kind of crazy on there. Um, he was kind of shitting on Just Blaze. Like he stole his, uh, his style with the soul samples and shit like that. And Jay kind of cleared that up because he was on Twitter, actually in a spaces, talking about The Harder They Fall, which is a great movie that he uh, he produced. Um, and he was talking about just how it had to have, you know, he, he told everybody, you know, this is going to be soul samples. That's the whole goal of this. And to make it just a cohesive masterpiece, and Kanye was uh, going off talking about uh, Big Sean, which was funny. There was that clip he was talking about, and it, that clip is going around uh, everywhere. So you ain't got to you know listen for the the whole two and a half hours to hear that. But when he was talking about Big Sean, he was talking about he. I guess he felt kind of betrayed by him and John Legend. When they didn't support him running for president, and he was talking about that should be on his head, so I'm here because I signed Big Sean. And I'm just like, damn, that's harsh. You know, that was what he said, that was one of his biggest mistakes was to, was to sign Big Sean. And my thing is, I don't know why he said that, but I've always, I've never liked Big Sean. And I'll tell y'all why. Um, he's a good rapper as far as his wordplay and his writing ability. ability. But as far as his flow and how he gets his words out, he Big Sean raps like an NPR podcast host reciting lyrics, sitting down, like if an NPR podcast host is reading out some lyrics about something. That's how Big Sean sounds. Like he has no voice inflection, no just heard. I've never heard a song where he was like angry. Hyped up, energized, or nothing like he could be like that in concert, but when it comes to actually, like when he's laying down his vocals and stuff in the booth, it, he sounds like he's too cool. For every fucking thing or he's too scared to let go and go to that next level where he p- invokes some emotion into his lyrics so I've, I couldn't I've never fucked with Big Sean just off the strength of that and I know he had that whole co-sign from Eminem and shit like that but he like I said he sounds like an NPR podcast host reading lyrics from somebody else from a great rapper that's what he that's what Big Sean sounds like to me but, um, you know, if y'all got time, if y'all, you know, after y'all listen to 191 and 192 of Durags and Boat Shoes, you know, go ahead and listen to uh, that Drink Champs interview. It's very entertaining. Like, if y'all got a job where y'all still working from home, I know a lot of y'all are. And uh, they trying to make y'all come back a couple of days out the week, which is some bullshit, because, I mean, y'all been doing y'all job and driving profits, you know, this goddamn long from the crib. Might as well stay at the crib. But if y'all got time, you know, just sit down and just have that playing in the background. You're going to find yourself laughing and shit because Ye is a funny dude. He's funny as fuck. Even when he's on there just capping and just, you know, just talking that big shit. He, he's funny as fuck. That brother needs some help, but he's funny as fuck. And then um, also rest in peace to the eight folks who the eight people who died at, Ast- at the Astro World Fest. That's crazy. Like um, they were showing videos leading up to the uh Travis Scott concert so he always throws this festival down there in Houston um and it's reminiscent of the old Astro World that used to be down there and uh which was an amusement park. And so he throws these festivals like I didn't know Travis Scott and I still don't get it. Like he makes good music but I I never understood the Chokehold that he has on these young kids—it's always like the, I would say, like the twenty-four and under crowd. You know what I'm saying? He just has these these kids in a chokehold, and they go to his concerts, passing out, uh, raging, and doing all this other shit. I'm like, that just—that looks too fucking young for me, and it is. Uh, I don't, I don't understand the chokehold that he has on these kids. I watched that documentary on Netflix that he has, and i was just i was blown away i was like really and it's like oh his lyrics changed my life it got me through this it got me through that and i i just like this is the birds in the trap singing brian mcknight nigga like like i don't i didn't get that the rodeo rodeo nigga like i i just didn't understand it and even when i uh because i got a pair of the um travis scott ones I hit on them on the sneakers app, which was I paid for that afterwards because I didn't get an L until I didn't get a W and from that app, that sneakers app, the Nike sneakers app, and from shit, it was probably like nine, ten months later after I did that. But I copped them because I love the the look. I love the muddy look. It's the brown kicks with the with the uh, backwards black swoosh. And it has a little pocket on the the ankle, uh, like a um, Velcro pocket that you can stash money or weed in and shit like that. But it's a really high quality shoe. Comes with like five pairs of laces and shit. But I liked it because how they freaked the Nike check backwards. I'm like, oh, these is fire. And so I remember having my laptop out and having my iPhone out. And I just kept exiting out and going back in, exiting out and going back in. And then it was like, got them. And I was like, oh shit. Like it kept on saying sold out. And then all of a sudden I just got them and it came through. And them fucking shoes, they were only like 170, 175. Them goddamn things reselling now for damn near, you know, 16, 1700 bucks, which is crazy. But I'm keeping them just for the culture because I love sneakers. Um, But even at that time, i didn't know he was that big to get a collab with nike and let alone to do an air jordan one collaboration like i remember i was like oh he freaked this shoe like it's fire but i didn't know he had the juice like that and i still don't get it like at this festival there's just there was kids You know bum rushing the VIP entrance probably didn't even have a ticket to the show like it just looked like a horde of like zombies like from World War Z just how they just rushed in and just you know crushed the gate and just you know sprinting full on you know feet kicking their ass you know arms pumping just darting straight towards the stage and you start seeing these videos from that night and it was just so sad. You see these kids, you know, running up to the cameraman like, hey, such and such has passed out down here. Hey, these guys are down here, blah, blah, blah. You know, they about to pass out. They're dying, blah, blah, blah. And then you know Travis is up on stage you know he's seeing like hey give him room and blah 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 then this nigga go back to like doing ad libs and chanting and shit so now folks are like running with that and talking about he sacrificed these eight people and shit like that you know how it go with niggas niggas can't get no money they gotta you know they gotta dance with the devil to get some money can't nobody believe in hard work and shit like that but you know it is for youtube hits and you know retweets and shit like that hopefully you're getting paid off your theories it is what it is Um, so rest in peace to those folks. And, um, I don't know what's going to happen. I think they're going to, they probably going to cut that, that festival down. It's like, nah, we ain't going to do this shit no more. But then there was, you know, there was a whole bunch of people hurt too, sent to the hospital, but eight people died at one concert. That is crazy. And they were talking about how the medical staff there were, um, weren't trained correctly and they might have not even been real medical people you know it could have been temps or some shit like that nobody knew how to put uh bodies on those boards those flat boards nobody knew how to perform cpr and shit like that nobody knew how to use the um those cpr mask or whatever and i'm just like that is wild so i, I saw that news um, saturday morning i'm just like yo that fucking sucks like that is just fucking terrible. Fucking terrible. But um man, did y'all know that uh we knew that uh Fubu was selling shoes and bootleg uh, you know, uh bootleg Jays at Walmart along with Shaq. But uh Fubu is now ser- selling clothes at Walmart and I, and they had some joggers Uh, uh, t-shirts and then uh, there's some hoodies at different locations and i definitely caught me a pair of joggers because they had the old school fb logo on there and it was only like 17 18 bucks i was like oh yeah i definitely caught that so um yeah that's pretty dope i like that i like that i know that was a weird segue but yeah I, I like that Like like I'm, I'm sitting in them now And they're pretty comfy Like they regular ass sweatpants But they got the You know the food The old school FUBU logo And the FUBU tag in them And I'm like oh Okay Forrest buy us But buy Walmart I could fuck with it And the t-shirts I think were like 20 And I think the hoodies, I haven't found the hoodies at any, uh, Omaha locations, but those hoodies, I think they were going for about 24, 25, but yeah, it's decent quality too. So it's not like them, them thin ass hangs, uh, um... Uh, jogging pants, you know what I'm saying, sweatpants you know, but, yeah, and they come in red and black, and I was like, okay, I can get behind this, so I was like, let them fuck around and bring out some platinum jeans and I might be out here killing y'all with the uh, with the Canadian tuxedo with that denim on denim crime though um, man uh, what was that, what was that, about a week and a half ago, did y'all see Condoleezza Rice, when she was on The View talking about she didn't want white kids to feel guilty about their family's past with CRT and then um, black kids feeling inadequate like I was just like damn for real You're like I know it's Condoleezza Rice and I know she was being disrespected all through that Bush presidency because them niggas was calling her Condi instead of calling her by her full name you know what I'm saying and by her title but What's even more fucked up, if you think about it, Condoleezza Rice was actually friends with one of the the girls that was firebombed in that uh, Birmingham, Alabama church. You remember that, like, uh, leading up to the civil rights movement when them Klansmen bombed that church? And I think it was four little girls in there. She was actually good friends with one of them. So then you have the audacity all these years later to talk about... You know, not teaching CRT. And what's even fucking crazy is there's no schools teaching fucking critical race theory. Like, that's what's even fucking crazier. Like, people have this distorted view of CRT. And it's a theory, right? And uh, we, we talked about this, you know, uh, me and the homie Brandon, we talked about that a few episodes ago. Like, it's a, it's a theory that's actually taught. You know, in law school, it's not even taught in the high schools, you know. But you got these, these, we having these rallies about it and what it is. It's, it feels like um, people on the right are just trying to define it as history, you know, as accurate history being taught in schools. And so it's like a war on history to basically keep whitewashing it so all of it is is like it's like a mix of like the 1619 project um versus like the 1776 uh project remember that fiasco with uh, the uh, cheeto in chief he was trying to have basically like a federal um executive order he was trying to pass so that schools would teach how America started in 1776, as opposed to when uh, that first boat, you know, hit the shores on the eastern seaboard. You remember? So it just feels like it's this whole thing to brainwash, you know, kids, and then you know have them believe in that, you know, shit is all sweet, and then they get their nigga wake up call, and then all of a sudden it's just like nobody told me this, and all this other bullshit. But it's just and then I seen the Omaha Police Officers Association president, that fat coon who caught COVID. He was like, I agree with this. This is what I teach my black children. I'm just like, this this fucking coon, Like just jump off a bridge, dude. Like, like you just see somebody so like on the coon train so hard. Like if you looked at his his profile, his Twitter profile, and I think the reader did an expose on his Twitter page just he just like it looks like it would be like his like if you took his his profile pic off of there and put like a white man with some ray-bans on and a goatee but his face is too fat for the goatee so you see his double chin up under the the bottom part of the goatee and a real big like he has a small face but a, a a big head a big fat head Like, and you replace it with that type of avi with some some Ray-Bans on, and he took the selfie in a truck or something, in his car. Like, you would be like, oh, oh, this dude's a bigot. You know, but no, this is the head of the Omaha Police Officers Association. You know, just a big, chunky, fat-ass coon. And he was the one who started that back to blue rally that you know had all them coons there had that one coon with the guitar and then you know the north high principal coon you know who's always been about respectability politics and then he got up there you know skinning and grinning and you know hopped on that coon train tough talking about it ain't black lives matter it's all lies matter and i'm just like all right that's like you you said exactly what I've known for all these years. Because I used to hoop across the street at the Butler Gas Y. And you used to come over there preaching that, you know, that bootstrap logic and shit like that. And, you know, telling us, the cards are against you, but, you know, the deck is stacked against you. But you still can be something and blah, blah, blah. And all this hard work shit and all this other shit. And I'm just like, okay, nigga. All right. Okay. Keep it pushing. But, yeah, that's a damn shame on, um... Condoleezza Rice, though, because you had somebody in the the game with you, you know what I'm saying, that lost their life to racism, and here you are, you know, like, no, no, we don't want to hurt white kids' feelings, and it's not, and my thing is, these news outlets are just running around running up to white parents and you know how do you feel about this and how do you feel about that nobody has ever i've never seen a black parent on tv a daddy or a mama a grandma a grandpa an uncle an auntie a big cousin a big homie nothing i've never seen them ask how how does how does the current the the current lexicon the of how they teach american history how does that impact your black child telling you that their history started on a boat you know coming over here and then the white folks were so you know we had a white president that was just so you know downtrodden and beat up by enslaved people seeing that it just it just ate at his core and he freed y'all and y'all niggas should be thankful I ain't never seen the news come up there and ask a black parent about how racism impacts their child. Never. And then I seen something on uh, Twitter where I think it was CBS News was asking, uh, they had, a, they ran a story talking about how, how soon is too soon to teach your kids about race. And all it was was black folks talking about their issues, about how they've been called the N-word at four years old, Five years old being in kindergarten called a darkie and all this other shit and it's you know it's fascinating how america is all about protecting white feelings like through the whole thing it's all about protecting white feelings don't don't let white folks feel bad don't let white folks feel bad about this don't let them feel bad about that you know all oh, these white men are angry so they're going to storm the capitol they're not insurrectionists they're just angry about the current affairs you know what i'm saying it's it's all it's, it's always been about feelings like post civil rights has been about feelings it's it's been about feelings it's just wet, just interwoven into the fabric after the the civil rights act passed, it's like okay we can we got to okay white folks are good okay we can't hurt their feelings no more no no stop doing it stop doing it you black boogeyman have to stop hurting these feelings stop stop you know a cop goes out there and you know kills a black man or a woman and all he was just having a bad day and oh he feared for his life and it's just all about how they feel you know what i'm saying it's just oh man it's just fucking disgusting but um disgusting disgusting (laughs) i'm tripping but um Let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk about uh, the great... Because I could talk about that all day. Let's talk about the great resignation. And what we're seeing right now. We're seeing people leaving low-wage jobs at record numbers. Um, so there's a restaurant up the hill from me called Fajitas. And that motherfucker been closed. Like, they were open like two days out of the week. And it's really good Mexican food. But... um yeah they 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 just shut the doors like when the when the pandemic hit they were only you know doing takeout orders and they was they was booming you know it was busy and then all of a sudden niggas just started quitting and was like man fuck this shit you know people was getting other jobs getting on unemployment and shit like that then it went down to like a couple days out the week it was like uh saturday sunday they was open and then it was like okay excuse me they reduced the hours on saturday sunday then all of a sudden it's just like we can't find enough help we done so what you're seeing right now is and we're also seeing that with grocery stores like the stores i be delivering to and they're just like yo we can't find nobody i'm like y'all need to pay niggas like you can't be out here giving a motherfucker you know 10 and a quarter talking about you know hey You need to show up on time and you need to have your mask on and work behind this plexiglass. Like, no, you can't pay a motherfucker, you know what I'm saying, 10 and a quarter to deal with that bullshit. You see what I'm saying? So I think what was it saying? So it said 2.9 percent of the workforce, they quit their jobs. And this was in the month of August. Right. So that's about 4.3 million people. And then um, and that was according to. Um, The Department of Labor. So then there was a survey sent out by Fortune and they were asking CEOs and 73 percent of CEOs believe that this will harm their companies in the next year, in the next 12 months. So from August to August, they're talking about they're going to take a huge blow. And, um, you know, folks are moving. What's what's happening is it's not just people. Um, Just sitting up on unemployment like fuck it I'm just gonna chill It's not even that It's just people are breaking free From a lot of those matrix that they were stuck in Uh, You know how you're at a job for so long And you you just be on that hamster wheel And you be in that autopilot mode But once this pandemic hit It made you stop And look at what was important Like damn this job is not good for my health I'm not really making no fucking money. You know, I'm barely keeping the lights on. I got a family. You know, I need to be around them more. And this job ain't paying enough. I take so much shit from this boss, this supervisor, this team leader, whatever the fuck you want to call the management staff. And then you just start thinking then other people started quitting and then they started you know coming down on you know coming down on you and you got to do more and more and more and they trying to work you into the ground and you just like and then the world just kind of stopped and you just start thinking about that shit and you're like yo what the fuck is going on here let me do something let me uh, do something about my, my work situation So what you're seeing is People in them so called um, Unskilled jobs Even though those that kept everybody afloat During the pandemic Remember when the country kind of shut down for like one month It was like April The month of April everything just kind of shut down And the only thing that was open was like grocery stores um, And I know some states They only shut down for like two weeks And they thought that was going to do something That didn't do shit right? And so the only thing that was open was like your gas stations, um, oh essential businesses. Right. So it was like the gas stations, um, the people who like worked in food processing, uh, grocery stores and then retailers. That was it. That was it. All that other shit went out the window, you know, all that other bullshit like chocolatiers uh (laughs) uh what else um window cleaners you know shit like that that shit just went out the that that was done for no nigga you're not coming in here you know what I'm saying the bullshit and so you know in other jobs it was just like like advertising agencies and shit like that no nigga nobody wants to see a fucking banner of fucking Kylie Jenner holding a Pepsi like no nigga (laughs) and uh so and that was it and remember people was getting dressed up to go to walmart and shit like that and you know going to the grocery stores but those were so-called uh low-skill jobs right it's like okay get the fuck out of here just how people acted at these grocery stores and shit like that bum rushing for uh, lysol toilet paper remember that like even with covid now and what all we know about it like was diarrhea really that bad It was, like, people wasn't even hoarding, like, canned goods and shit with a long shelf life. Niggas was going after toilet paper. Toilet paper and paper towels. Like, that was the wildest thing to me. People were, like, just stocking up on that shit. And I remember thinking, like, this is just craziest cat shit. Like, bottles of bleach was sitting, but the toilet paper was gone. Like, nigga, it's a virus, nigga. Like... What is it doing like coming out your asshole like like is it liquefying your guts? You know what I'm saying? Like just that point in time when we didn't know what the fuck was going on with this shit. But going back to the so-called low level skilled jobs, uh, what's happening is people who are on unemployment, they're actually attending like it's giving them time while they're collecting unemployment benefits to learn a new skill. Right. So, you have people attending like coding boot camps and other, you know, boot camps that's going a non traditional route that'll end up giving you like a certification in something or in IT, even like IT security and shit like that. Um, you go to one of these boot camps and then all of a sudden, you know, you're getting a great job somewhere. You used to be a bartender or some shit like that, you know, working in nightlife, living at vamp life, which is. you know you know waking up at fucking 6 p.m you know what i'm saying heading to work at 9 p.m and you know working till like you know who knows working till like five in the morning you know you gotta clean up and shit like that and stay up for a couple hours and you got your blackout curtains and you know, you sleeping all fucking day, missing the sunshine and everything. You vitamin D deficient and all this other shit, and you pale as shit, looking like a, you know, a, a goddamn zombie. You know, circles under your eyes, and all you do is drink, you know, Red Bulls and Bangs and eat candy. You know what I'm saying? Or you eating processed gas station food, right? But. So what this uh, did was once people were forced to, you know, uh, when these shops wasn't open, these bars, these nightclubs wasn't open, these restaurants wasn't open. So people are sitting at home collecting unemployment. But at the same time, Internet's still working. So it's like, okay, well, let me step my game up. And so they're attending like coding boot camps, IT boot camps, um, doing those different Google certifications. And they're getting jobs in tech. You know what I'm saying? Working right from home, 40 hours a week, you know, 8 to 4, 30, 8 to 5, 9 to 5, 30, whatever. And they're making decent money. You know what I'm saying? You go from living off of tips and making two thirteen an hour to now, here you are working in tech. You know, here you are making $26, $27, 28 an hour, and you're only working 40 hours a week. You know what I'm saying? So you still, you're only working eight hours a day still got 16 hours left you know what i'm saying got eight hours free sleep for eight got eight hours free do what the fuck you want you know what i'm saying with a great benefits package and shit like that and i remember watching uh, um i was watching this guy give tips on how to you know boost your instagram following and he was talking about how in the future it's going to move more so towards you know what you can do actually proving what you can do as opposed to what university you went to so like you know people are getting jobs showing how great they are with their social media skills just by having a lot of followers and doing their thing and uh getting so much engagement off of like instagram twitter tiktok facebook and shit like that so it's going to be more so um You know, that's what people are leaning towards. And that's what he was talking about. And I seen a couple more videos like that. They were talking about the next, you know, five to seven years. You're going to start seeing less companies asking about, you know, uh, a college degree and shit like that. And then you're actually going to have to do an assessment to show, you know, what you actually can do via, you know, practicing online or some shit like that. And I think LinkedIn does that shit, too. Like if you want a job at LinkedIn, um, if you fill out an app, they'll basically have you go through um, like um, Excel spreadsheet test and shit like that, Word document test, um, PowerPoint and shit like that, where they you know give you different scenarios to see if you can actually do the work and. That's going to be amazing for a lot of folks and keeping a lot of people out of debt. But, you know, with college, you know, it was college was all about networking. It wasn't really about what you know. It's about who, you know, just like in the real world. Like there's so many people I know that got on at different places. Uh, Because they was cool with a manager that, you know, at their former job that left to a new company. And it was just like, oh, a familiar face. You know, let me onboard this person. It's always been about networking. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Always step your networking game up. You know, if there's these jobs out here that talk about, oh, you need a bachelor's degree and 10 years experience, you know, for an entry level job, still fill it out. You know, still fill it out. I mean, you can wow in that in the fucking interview. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. But salute to everybody who are you know really doing their thing and you know took this time to learn a new fucking skill like that's amazing right there like i'm not even mad at that Uh, and what's going to happen is a lot of these uh these low wage paying jobs they really gonna have to step up their benefits package and they're gonna have to step up their uh their pay game you know what i'm saying but uh, i see what, what i see a lot of them scheming uh to lower the age of um of uh, child laborers. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, get like some 12, 13 year olds to start working and shit like that so they can pay them like shit and treat them like shit. And uh, hopefully those parents, you know, won't let their kids fall for the fucking okie doke. Cause I know a lot of times when you're working in high school and shit like that, they don't even be, uh, cause I, I know here in Nebraska, you had to be off by like nine o'clock. And I know um, a few times, um, not with me. Cause I was 18 at the time, but like he was 17 and none. He had to be off at nine, but there were sometimes they would they would you know people would still be working until like 11 midnight, you know. When I worked at Target and shit like that, so they really don't you know they'll try to they know how to finesse the system and shit like that. They would just roll a couple hours off to the next day or to your day off or some shit like that. They would edit your time clock, but you still get them you know them three hours paid, but it would be like oh you came in on your day off and worked from you know like one to four or some shit like that so they they know how to finesse that system um let's see what else is on that summer damn jam screen oh shit i've been talking for way too goddamn long almost 47 minutes but um let's talk just real briefly about um kyle rittenhouse uh this was the guy that was up there and uh you know out west who came up there his mama drove him out there and he had that ar and he killed um two protesters and the judge in this case is uh, a trip he's basically they they said he's known for running his courtroom his way blah 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 yakety smackety and um but the the thing is he threw out the uh prosecutors couldn't say that the two men that were killed they couldn't be called victims They could be called like looters and shit like that by the defense, but they couldn't be called victims by the um, prosecutors. And I'm like, that's just disrespectful to them because they're both victims of violence. You see what I'm saying? And so, they're they're just setting this up to be a cakewalk for him to you know take his happy ass on somewhere and probably get hit with probation or some shit like that or some psychological counseling you know being a mental war for a year and then on a house arrest you know for uh, eighteen months or some shit like that it's going to be uh, a slap on the wrist and they're they're just setting it up to be an alley oop for the defense and so he can just come home and. You know, keep on being a terrorist. But that boy went on a whole last uh, parade running around him taking pictures and just being a hero for the right, which is just disgusting. Like you shouldn't be celebrating taking some some people's lives, you know, but this was just just broke down to um You know, him being on code and him being a a race soldier and basically killing some nigger lovers. That's just what it breaks down to. That's how those white supremacists look at people like Antifa or white folks who are out here protesting uh, when a black life is lost. But, you know, they just that's just how the system works. It's, It's just set up. That boy has the complexion for the protection for the collection. You know, that's just what it is. That's that's all it is, but I'm gonna leave it to my nigga Hove, cause I ain't gonna rant too much about it. But Hove, what you gotta say? Well, Don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke, I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Bigums, for that lovely intro of selling hope like damn dope. Uh, let's give it to the uh, LGBTQIAA organizations out here uh, for. Giving the baby a pass so he can go back to making money. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Relationship Unleashed uh, is a LGBT uh, organization, and the CEO Gwendolyn Clemens uh, was saying how the baby gets gets a pass now because he met with different organizations and was apologetic. So that nigga went on a, a, a tour of you know apologizing to different gay organizations about his uh so-called homophobic rant and uh his insensitivity about hiv aids my thing is did any sex workers come out against the baby when he made that hiv statement because it was just the lgbtq organizations just came out against that nigga i didn't see any sex workers come out though Um, because he also talked about STDs too, STIs also, but I don't know, I don't know, maybe there isn't like a sex workers guild or something, you know, people selling, you know, doing something strange for a piece of change, make you holler for a dollar, maybe there ain't like, you know, the sex workers union, you know, 69 out here, 6969, but hey, um, salute to the baby, he can go back to making money, Uh, but they said Dave Chappelle is still canceled, uh, by the leaders of the gays, um you know. So when I was researching this, the article I looked up, it had uh, you know another uh, link, a hyperlink. Do people even say hyperlink anymore? But uh, it had a hyperlink uh, that I clicked on that went to another article about how the baby was going to these different organizations, uh, you know, apologizing and shit like that. And then I started looking. I was like, is there any division? within the LGBTQIA because I feel like like the trans folks are really kind of taking over the organization. So I came across or came across, you know, kind of really bodying the movement and not so to speak like trans men. It's like trans women. So, you know, uh, you know, men that identify as women you know that's that's who's really dominating it and men have a dominating personality we really do um especially when we get into like you know uh I don't know what it is when we get into rooms with you know with women or with uh younger folks people younger than us and shit like that it just I don't know it's just that testosterone makes you want to just dominate and lead and i know people i know trans women are taking you know hormone blockers and shit like that but some of y'all kind of long in the tooth so some of that just woven into your system but as far as not testosterone but the male tendencies so i was thinking i was like i wonder is there any division in this because it just seems like trans is just at the forefront now it's like the l's and the g's and the b's they ain't you know they ain't really catching wreck you know like they used to you know what i'm saying it's now all about the trans but there's you know there's division in that alphabet game and you know what it is it's the lesbians so i came across an organization called get the l out so meaning lesbians want to be excluded from the GB, you know, the alphabet game, they want to be left out. And I came across this BBC article, <laughs> no pun intended, but I came across this BBC article and it was speaking on how lesbians are being called transphobic genital fetishist uh, or perverts and TERFs which is trans exclusionary radical feminist, they're being called that if they don't accept trans women as partners. Now let me break this down for you, right? So this article this is a very deep article and it says it was talking about it had different women's experiences. And this is from across the pond now over in the UK, but it says lesbians feels feels as if they're being pressured to accept a penis you know as a female sex organ and you know what that reminded me of it reminded me of that breakfast club interview that weird ass breakfast club interview with Malik Yoba when he came on up out the closet when he was talking about stepping up and they were asking Charlemagne and Envy were asking you know why like how do we accept a penis as a, a woman You know, someone with a penis is a woman, and then, you know, they went off on a rant talking about, you know, why are we worried about a woman's penis? Like that's that that does just doesn't make sense, you know. And you know, you can't like you you're just taught about sex like male and female, man and woman, boy girl. You know, this is what a boy has. This is what a girl has. This is what a woman has. This is what a man has. This is what a female has. This is what a male has. Right, and so. So I I found that interesting. And then the article was giving examples of lesbian women being guilty into having actual penetrative sex with trans women. Or there was one where this lesbian was dating a bisexual woman and the bisexual woman wanted to have a threesome. Now, y'all got to follow me on this. Wanted to have a threesome with a trans woman. That was pre-op. So pre-op means before the operation, before they get their dick chopped off and inverted and turned it into a vagina. And so here it was. And then the the lesbian in the article. So the lesbian woman with the bisexual girlfriend, meaning the bisexual girlfriend. Let me get this right. Likes men and women, right? So she likes vagina and penis. And so then you had the trans woman. Who I guess the trans woman is considered a lesbian because the trans woman only likes women. Uh, OK, so if you're a trans woman and you still got your dick, you, you like women, you're called a lesbian. Right. So the lesbian, the the, the real lesbian, the lesbian with the vagina is like, no, I'm not going to be in a threesome with a man. And so she said her bisexual girlfriend called her transphobic and were saying that um, her views were inflicting violence on the trans community. And she ultimately ended up breaking up with the lesbian, excuse me, because the lesbian was transphobic. Like the article was just wild as hell. And they were, and then so they ran a survey. Asking women, you know, they stayed anonymous asking lesbian women with vaginas about, you know, if they felt pressured to be with trans women and, you know, doing penetrative sex and all this other shit. And it, the numbers were just it was there, but I don't know how big the group was that they surveyed. And it was just pretty much just felt like they were being shamed and bullied into having sex. With trans women, and one woman, one lesbian, one was talking about. Well, you can still see the strong jaw, the big hands, the Adam's apple. You know, the the poor wig they got on, and they still, and most of all, they still have a penis. And you know, I just, I just found that interesting because th- that's the argument, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of men make when it's being when the LGBT people will be like, oh, you're transphobic because you're not attracted to a trans woman. And in this day and age with how the makeup game is and shit like that a lot of these transgenders these transgender women look like you know straight up women and then have the bbl and shit like that and then they'll whip out a hammer bigger than yours and then you're just like oh shit you know what i'm saying so if you in that situation you know getting hot and heavy and the motherfucker don't tell you and they whip out the hammer bigger than yours like oh no this ain't that kind of party and then all of a sudden, oh, you transphobic. You ain't transphobic because you don't want this, you know, this 13-inch veiny thong uh, dong, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, okay, well, I'll just take that label then, you know, because I really don't wanna play with a dick. I got my own. You know what I'm saying? So that was the argument, you know, that the LGBT people were making against, you know, straight men. And actually, um, yeah, so I'm making it against straight men because it's like, oh Well, you're transphobic if you're not attracted to this. So I want to see where this goes with this organization called Get the L Out. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we'll see what happens with this. But the article is very fascinating. And I'm kind of happy I went down this rabbit hole. You know what I'm saying? Of these different organizations, these LGBT organizations. Because it just seems like the whole tactic is to shame and bully. You know what I'm saying? That's, That's just their only tactic. Um, but to see these women's account these lesbians account of dealing with that and being pressured into uh, then there was one that said she was raped and uh, just being bullied pressured or raped into having sex you know with somebody that you're not attracted to but they're telling you oh it's a woman it's a woman it's a woman and clearly it's not you know what i'm saying i could see maybe post-op you know what i'm saying after they didn't got the got the hammer chopped off you know what i'm saying got the got the glizzy chopped off and turned into a vagina and shit like that you know i could kind of see the argument but at the same time you know ain't nothing ain't no surgery for them hands and feet you know what i'm saying but it it is what it is but yeah go ahead and take a look at these links that i posted and uh definitely read that bbc article because that's that's that that's some crazy shit right there and then there's a twitter page called women's voices uh that actually talks about that too and uh the bullying of the trans community because it just seems like that trans community is like super loud now and i don't know if they have the backing of the g's and the b's and the l's you know what i'm saying but I don't know. I really don't know. But it just it like I want to say it's like mansplaining. You know what I'm saying? When, uh, you know, just the the tactics and shit like that. But so what would you call it? Like transplaining or something like that when they running up calling you transphobic. But it it is what it is. I got to move on to hold this L. So I'm going to just stop right there before I get canceled or some shit like that. But you really can't cancel nobody because I ain't got no sponsors. So it is what it is. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right. So, moving on to holding this L. It's funny how one TikTok can fuck up the game. So, uh, we got to give it to Zillow. Uh, back in September, a real estate agent out of Las Vegas was uh, throwing some shots at Zillow about how they was moving a little bit funny uh once they got into the uh quote-unquote home flipping business right so zillow you know is the great search engine which you use to find homes and shit like that and what they were so they got all this information on the type of homes you looking for your price range and all this other shit kind of like insider trading so they're like "Fuck it, let's get into this home flipping shit so the whole thing is they what they wanted to do was um For people who are selling their homes, they want them to basically throw them an offer, throw Zillow an offer, and then they'll um, calculate a bid. They use some kind of software off of your hard work, off of the user's hard work. You know, people who are looking for homes and this is my price range and shit like that. Then they calculate a bid. So then the owner accepts that bid. Right. And then Zillow buys the house. They do some repairs and they put it right back on the market. Right so the idea is to sell it to the quote-unquote seller they're selling it to the people like hey we know selling a house can be stressful blah 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 you know just go ahead and sell it to us and then you know we'll get you your money right away and you know you'll be on your way so then a TikTok drop right from this las vegas real estate agent and he basically gave an example of zillow buying like 30 homes in a neighborhood all for you know three hundred thousand dollars right then the company will buy the 31st house in that neighborhood for three hundred and forty thousand dollars right and so they're thinking that's going to drive up the bids on them first 30 homes you know what i'm saying so they can you know clear out a, a nice hefty profit you know on them first 30 homes that they bought And so what's happening now with Zillow, so Zillow was talking big shit, you know, we gonna buy 5,000 homes every year up until 2024, some shit like that, and then, uh, yeah, it hit the fan for them once that TikTok dropped, so now it's November, so that TikTok dropped back in September, so, what, two, couple months? And now, all of a sudden, that, that portion of Zillow that was buying, you know, those houses, they're about to take write downs, you know, as much as five hundred and sixty nine million dollars. Right. And then they're about to reduce their workforce by twenty five percent in the next few months. And then it was talking about uh, how their shares you know, on the stock market plunged as much as eleven percent down to seven seventy six dollars and twenty two cents a, a share. And that was uh, as accurate as Friday. And so, basically, what happened was it showed in the end of this third quarter, because now we're in the fourth quarter right now, that them niggas lost more than three hundred and eighty million dollars in that flipping operation. Um, so basically, what they was doing is their algorithm that placed the bids or whatever it, um, in this buyer's market, because that's what it's a seller's market right now. So, say I put my house up for sale. Two hundred forty thousand dollars, shit. Somebody gonna come to me and be like, "Oh, I got two fifty. I take it right now." Another offer comes in. I got two fifty one. Another offer comes in. You know, a counter offer comes in. I got two fifty five. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, or they'll be like, "Or that offer, that two fifty offer, a counter offer. Okay, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You ain't got to do no kind of repairs." And you know what I'm saying? And shit like that. And so I think that fucked up their algorithm. You know what I'm saying? So they lost so much money, and they were overpaying for houses. Um, just as the, the the housing market is starting to cool off a little bit with the pandemic, then hit right. So they they lost. Um, so now they're about to list a bunch of properties at a loss. So they they all fucked up in the game. They thought that they was going to finesse the game. And they end up finessing themselves, right? Using that algorithm. And something happened wrong with that algorithm. And they're paying out more than they should. You know what I'm saying? For these houses. And now they about to sell all them properties that they done bought at a loss. And they losing 25% of their workforce. Which is some shit. So they really... They had a genius operation, but at the same time they couldn't get that algorithm right and you know they were using that company data you know people be bullshitting on Zillow anyway you know, when niggas be having, you know, $30 in their bank account. They looking for homes, you know, $800,000 homes. Like, okay, I got this much to put down. Shit, I got, you know, $70,000. I'm going to put down right now. But you got $30 in your checking account. You got maybe uh, $0.14 cents in your savings. You know what I'm saying? So shit like that probably just threw off the algorithm. And they over here, and so these people that selling these homes to Zillow, you know, they probably got over good. You know what I'm saying? In some of these neighborhoods and areas. Like, you know, they list a home for $180,000. Fucking Zillow coming in and offering them probably like two twenty dollars or something. Okay, sold. You know, right to your player. You know what I'm saying? But Zillow, it is what it is. You tried to finesse the game and finesse yourself. Hold this L. Get your names. You win. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So, moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes. Uh we have to give it to The Bullets aka that brother um James Samuels um he uh Samuel. He did his thing with The Harder They Fall. I know um he said he'd been working on the movie for years um and it finally came out on Netflix and uh it was produced by a uh, Jigga Man and uh it's dope. You know, this this brother he's from the UK. Uh he did his thing with this and the beautiful thing about The Harder They Fall is it takes actual real black cowboys and cowgirls and, you know, people from the Wild West. And it puts them all in the same time period. Uh, it's it's a great movie, you know, starring Idris Elba and uh, Regina King. And, uh, yeah, it just does its thing. Uh, Jonathan Major's in there. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield is in there. Uh, i just i enjoyed the movie i love westerns i've always loved westerns i've loved the idea of you know just being out there you know just holding your own you know just doing your thing and you know a pistol on your hip you know revolver on your hip and you know, if you got smoke with somebody, you handle it right then and there. Living off the land, horseback—you know—that's that's that's just a dope life to me. I, I've always loved that. Always loved the cowboys. And I remember um, seeing something where even the phrase "cowboy." comes from uh black folks you know not being black men not being recognized as men being called boys i forgot where i saw that from but the movie is great uh it's a it's a heist slash you know um, you know kind of teaming up to you know, rescue, you know, folks and, uh, you know, settle some old beefs. And it's just, it's just a great Western. It's not like a spaghetti Western. Um, you know, it, it's just good. It's dope to just see because there's a podcast called Black Cowboys and y'all need to listen to it. I think it's produced by NPR, but it tells the real stories of, of most of these people, like Cherokee Bill, um, Stagecoach Mary, um, Cherokee Bill. I said Cherokee Bill. Yeah. I don't know if they talk about Rufus Buck. I'm not sure about that. But um yeah, they, they just tell these great stories. And then um, what was that brother's name? Delroy uh, Lindo. Is that, is that that brother's name? And he plays uh, Bass Reeves. And, uh, you know, that's who the Lone Ranger is based off of. That brother was tough. Bass Reeves had that thick-ass mustache, be out there just whooping ass. It didn't matter if it was white, red, or black. He'd just be out there. He would get his man. And uh so Bass Reeves was a marshal, and that's who the Lone Ranger was based off of. And I remember listening to the episode of the Black Cowboys, and it was talking about how he even arrested his own son, his son, killed uh his uh daughter-in-law or whatever and he just went he's like hey i hey he did wrong i gotta go ahead and you know make it do what it do but uh the movie's great real good uh the soundtrack is fire um that brother james samuel aka bullets because he used to rap uh he he produced his whole soundtrack now i know uh Jigga's on there uh along with kiss but the movie's just good it's really good it's uh it's long but it doesn't feel long if that makes sense it doesn't feel like a long movie like you watch you're like oh shit two hours in not past but it's a really good movie uh if you got netflix watch it if it's in your local theater go support it um and then uh listen to that black cowboys podcast because that shit is fire I, I go back and listen to that you know sometimes on my route when i'm just like oh shit let me listen to this again you know because the stories are just great and it's a brother and his dad are telling is telling the stories because his dad had this book about black cowboys and he used to tell his son these bedtime stories about these these legends you know who were out here taming the west and and some of them were outlaws and things like that so they 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 Take us out of history a lot. Then, another good movie uh, with some black cowboys is Posse uh, with Mario Van Peebles. That's a good one. That's a good ass one, too. So, make sure y'all peep that out. All right. So, moving on to health over wealth. You know what I say? Without your health, you cannot enjoy your wealth. So this quote comes from Jim Rohn. I I dropped some jewels a few episodes ago about time management with Jim Rohn and stuff like that. And uh, so this quote says success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines practiced every day. And that's that's the realest thing. You know, it's just nothing more than some some discipline, like working out. You know what I'm saying? uh, Three to four times a week. Uh, you know, making your breakfast, getting up at a a time early enough where you can meditate, cook your breakfast, get your mind right before you head into work and not even think about work before you get there, um, working on your, your small business, um, you know, goals that you have with your family, you know, spending more time with your family, no phones at the dinner table, um, more patience with your children, um, loving yourself better and loving yourself more. Uh, it's just, excuse me, it's just them small little disciplines that you know, practice every day. And then next thing you know, boom, you're an overnight sensation. You didn't reach the goal. You know, especially like with the working out thing, next thing you know, you like, shit, you know, it's been two months and you'd already dropped, you know, 35, 40 pounds, you know, because you just been going hard in the paint, you know, you losing you know, five, you know, three or five pounds a week, so you just out here doing your thing, you know, your your clothes fitting better, you know what I'm saying, you fitting into them old pants, them old jeans, you know, old jackets, hoodies, and shit like that, you know, t-shirts, button-ups, they, they looking nice and fresh and shit like that, you know, ladies, your dresses is fitting nice, and, you know, you got that hourglass back, you know, your waist and cane back, you know what I'm saying, so, you know, that's all it is is about them, them, them simple disciplines in life is easy, but the hard part is actually doing it because you have the blueprint in your brain. God keeps on giving you these visions or the universe, whatever you want to call it, divine intervention, the most high, Allah, Jehovah, whatever you want to call it, Yahweh. Um, there's that vision in your mind of what your life is supposed to look like and you know what you need to do the hard part is doing it that's always the hard part is just actually doing it and then staying consistent with the movement that's all it is but life is easy the hard part is actually doing what you need to do but if you stay down 10 toes down and stay disciplined next thing you know you got your goals reached but this has been episode 192 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Um, nothing but love and respect to y'all out there. Um, I might drop a mini pod later in the week, but uh, y'all enjoy your work week. Um, y'all enjoy um, just your life. Your life is a gift. Just live and love life and uh, do what you need to do. You know what you need to do. The hard part is doing it. But once you start doing it and getting into a... Uh, uh, disciplined rotation and you know just making it a part of your every day you know you run the day don't let the day run you all right so i love y'all and uh, i might see y'all later in a week all right peace